That sound you're hearing there is the sound of the osprey, a sound once common around Irish lakes and rivers before falling silent when they were hunted and eggs collected to extinction here about 150 years ago. How many raptors did we have in Ireland, Richard? Oh, we had a whole chain of them. We had the two eagles, we had the kite, we had the osprey, the kestrel, the sparrowhawk, the hen harrier, the marsh harrier. And I think we had Montague's harrier and, of course, the merlin. There's a whole plethora of them, but they ha- they suffered the most appalling decline. But there's been a kind of resurrection. They're back from the dead. It's one of the great achievements of conservation here, in a sense, that the buzzard has come back of its own accord. It was on the verge of being extinct here. And we've brought back the eagles and the kites. And now the osprey is on its way back. We're the odd man out when it comes to ospreys, by the way. The Scots, the Welsh and the English all have ospreys. Now, Ireland should be better for ospreys than other places. Why are we the odd person out? But anyway, that's the opening thoughts on this subject. Well, if you listen to this programme regularly, you'll know, as Richard has said, that the osprey is on its way back to Ireland. The National Parks and Wildlife Service are reintroducing this bird, which hasn't been seen here for almost two centuries. At any rate, I can tell you that in the last two weeks, 10 osprey chicks arrived in Ireland from Norway. I was lucky enough to be in Norway when they took one of the chicks from the eyrie. The eyrie is the nest that they build on top of trees. And it's fantastic. If you go to our website, rte.ie forward slash Mooney, you'll see just how big the nest really is. And in this case, it's on top of a Scots pine near a lake, which is perfect for fishing. That's what they feed on. They feed on fish. There were representatives from the National Parks and Wildlife Service and the Norwegian Institute for Nature Research. And what you're about to hear now is a commentary, as it all happened, as the bird has been taken from the nest and lowered to the ground by Duncan John Halley, a senior research scientist with the Norwegian Institute for Nature Research. Oh, and by the way, he's from Scotland, which will explain his accent. So we're um, at the nest now. It's an old Scots pine in a piece of open bog woodland beside a little lake. And the birds, you can hear them calling above me from time to time as I'm talking. And Baru Muslet, who is, is our climber, he's in forestry in his day job, is on his way up the tree while a team from RTA are, are filming him. So we're trying to get this done as quickly as practical to, to minimise stress to the birds, but of course it always takes a little bit of time to achieve. The um, breeding season has been pretty good and the weather has been nice uh, the last days, so all of the chicks are pretty well fed, so we've not got any worries there. The, the chicks that are in the nest right now are going to be in fine condition. I can see one of the parents circling about 30, 40 metres above the nest site and... He or she is giving an alarm call. Yes, it's the female. She's uh, giving an alarm call uh, from time to time and keeping an eye on what's going on. But these are very unaggressive birds. I've only ever heard of one occasion where one even came close to a person climbing the tree and they never strike. From that point of view, it's a pretty safe thing to do. And the chicks are are pretty calm when when you get them in the hand. They just sit quietly. They don't appear to be extremely stressed. So, um... Um, so far, yeah, there's the bird calling. It's um, circling above the nest, maybe 20 metres up, and just keeping an eye on what's going on. How do you know it's the female? The females are somewhat larger. Their wings are a slightly different shape and, uh, than, than the males, and there are some 
variations in, in, in coloration, but it's kind of a bit like humans. Most men are bigger than most women, but that's not always the case. So you do find birds that are, are impossible to tell, but in this case, we're sure this one's a female. And the nest is huge also, isn't it? Yeah, they, they just keep on building it. And uh, what will happen with a nest like this is it will blow out in the winter quite often because it's, as you can see, it's it's just balanced on some flat branches at the top. It's not got big support from branches growing up on either side of it. So this is quite likely to blow out in the winter, but then they'll just rebuild it again and that will have happened time after time after time. Some of these have been occupied for, well, we know at least 80, 90 years Um there are some nests that have been occupied continuously since since photography was around to record it. She's very concerned now. He's getting closer to the yeah. nest. There, that. That's the male over there. That call there is the um, seriously alarmed call, and up there is the other bird. So they're both over the over the nest now. So she most likely was not only sending out an alarm call, but yeah. beckoning him to come he back. He will have heard it. Yeah. Will, will, have, will have come back to the nest. So I mean, How far would that call carry? Yeah, on a day like this, um, and if you're an osprey, it'll, it'll carry more than a kilometre, I would think. I don't know where he was, of course, but he may well have been on his way back. Doesn't look as if he'd got a fish with him, but he may also just have been sleeping somewhere in the location it's like i said the the weather's been very nice and and feeding the chicks has, has not been a problem in recent days that's the other bird calling now so they're both hanging around um barrow is now about two-thirds of the way up the tree this is a pretty difficult tree it's uh you've got about what six, seven metres to go before there are any branches at all, then it's it's uh, quite a, a gnarled sort of tree, which, and you have to be careful about safety here. So um, it takes a little bit of time to get to the top, and we need to be we need to be careful about that. Well, he's a professional climber. He's a professional. He's a forester. He's a forester. He knows what he's doing. And he's all roped And he's roped, there. and he's got safety equipment, and he's always tied on with um, to the tree, so the most he can fall is maybe... Mm-hmm a metre. But it takes time, of course, because you have to secure yourself every step of the way up. Now, we're pretty sure there are two chicks in that nest. Is there any danger at this stage they could explode no, no, from these that are, these nest? Are, these are too young for that. When birds are ne- near to flying from the nest anyway, then one of the things they'll do if they feel themselves to be in danger is to, to jump out of the nest early, mm. to get away from a, a predator if, say, a pine marten was coming up this nest. But one of the last feathers to develop in in birds of prey and in ospreys in particular are the final flight feathers because it's obviously a disaster for the bird if it goes off the nest too early and if it's windy and you're an inexperienced bird and you've got all your flight feathers then then the risk of being blown out of the nest early is worse than the the risk of being being predated by by a a marten for example so they develop the flight feathers as the very last thing in their development and that means they can they reach pretty much full size when they've still got say a week or 10 days to go before they're they're able to fly so he's now got maybe two meters to go before he's he's at the nest at which point we find out if we are right (laughs) that we're pretty sure there are two chicks in this nest but you obviously don't approach the nest closely and in this case, the nest is lying in such a position that near the nest you can't actually see in it. So we've only seen it 
from a considerable distance. So we're only 99.9% sure that there are two or more, sometimes there are three, chicks in this nest. But the, the moment of truth is approaching. So, definitely too young. So we were right, but until you really see them in the nest, you're never totally sure. It really was a magical experience. Now, the plan is to bring between 50 and 70 chicks from Norway to Ireland over the next five years or so in order for this project to be a success. Will it work? Only time will tell. Earlier I spoke with Dr Philip Buckley, the National Parks and Wildlife Service Divisional Manager for the South West Region. Hi Derek and hello to your listeners and I can just say thank you for having us on and we're really excited with the Osprey reintroduction program and to be initiating this program now and we have brought in our first Osprey chicks in Ireland in over 200 years are now on Irish soil so we're really excited with the program and we have our fingers crossed that it will work and we will reintroduce this species to Irish skies again. Well, Philip, I've no doubt that you will be successful because you have the experience and now you've got the birds, courtesy of the Norwegians. So the question is, what happens to the birds now? Where are they exactly? Those birds are being held in specially designed holding pens and we'll feed them and monitor them and look after them basically around the clock. So they're fed three times a day at the minute uh, and they're a fish-eating bird, so they're basically fed fresh fish three times a day a feeding regime, then maybe down to two, and then just before we release them, they'll be down to maybe once a day. So we'll keep them maybe for around three weeks. It depends exactly. We'll know by looking at them when they're kind of ready to go, when they start exercising and getting their wings in order to make their first flight. So maybe around the end of August, we hope they'll be in a proper state to release into the wild. And at that stage, we'll open the pens and hopefully the birds will fly out and that'll be their their first time in the air. And... Our intention is then maybe to feed them for a couple of weeks around the, the holding or release site. And at that stage then, the osprey, it's a migratory species. So it, and the natural populations that migrate between northern Europe and equatorial Africa, they usually head off end of August during September. So we would expect that these young birds, after we've released them, fed them for a couple of weeks, they will then naturally head off for Africa. Philip, I'm just wondering if these birds will return to Ireland. Is there not a danger they'll return to Norway, given that they were actually born there, albeit that they will technically fledge in Ireland, they'll learn to fly here, and they will fly from here. What's going to happen, do you think? They generally return to the area where they were fledged. The males tend to be more faithful to their site of origin. Uh, And then when the males come back in, in in the spring... They'll come back after maybe two or three years. They breed at about three years old. The males come back usually pretty close to where they were born and released and they will set up territory and they in turn then attract the females. The females tend to move around a bit more and they choose the you know the male on the nest site that they want. To. So we hope that these birds will return to Ireland and maybe to the general geographic area where we're holding now in the, in the southeast of the country. But there are no absolute guarantees with a project like this. But we will have the birds colour marked and we may put satellite tags on one or two of them so we will certainly know where they go for the first couple of months. And anyway, maybe two years' time we'll have to wait and see that they do re- return here at that stage. 
Well, it's great news, Philip. So congratulations to everybody involved. And thank you very much indeed for keeping us informed. Thank you very much, Derek, and thank you for your interest.